In the words of the legendary Lou Gellerman, hello, dog fans, and welcome to the Sound the Siren podcast, because everything matters. I'm your host, Hooligan7, and I'm joined tonight by J-Cap, UW, Hood Husky, and DJ K. Woody. How are you, how's everybody doing tonight? Doing Game great. week. Yeah. Doing Game great. Week. No dogs. Whoop, whoop. Got three days. We're under three days to go. We're like at two hours or two days and 18 hours or... Too much math. Too much math at 930. Too um, much math, too much alcohol. Right. To, no, can't do it. Yeah. J-Cap, what are you drinking? You were raving about mm. it in the pre-show. You caught me in the middle of a sip. Um, this is the Alaskan Pirate Series Chocolate Raspberry Stout. Ooh. And? Review? It's amazing. It's amazing. Nice. There's no IPA? No. Stout. Hi. Stout, stout, stout is fine. Guy, yeah, hey, see, let's go, I, yeah. I, I saw a stout there, and I was like, I got to drink one on the pod for Hood. Well, and with, with that pirate theme, shout out to Seattle Native Six for that dope ass hype video with Hoist the Colors that he dropped yesterday. That's that's, that's my guy. Insane. Fire. Fire. All right, Leah, you still white? Thirty nine. What's the beverage of choice? I am, <laughs> not, I am no longer thirty nine and white, but I am still white, and now I'm forty. So I am drinking. What JCAP is referred to as an undefeated beer. It is Kitty Cat Blues from Black Raven. And shout out so to my good. dad. It, it actually is a beer, even though it's not 7% IPA. So um, cry. Cry. Hey, it this, is amazing. The stout, stout is eight, so it's all good. It's still a beer, even though it's under, it's like, what is it, 5%, 5 even, 49 It's still a beer. Still Basically a white claw, but it's fine. Oh yeah. Hey, oh, wait, it's, right it's, it's delicious and I, I drink them, but it's the same. Hey, don't you, hate man. the white claws. <laughs> I am drinking shout out to DP. I'm drinking some minute made lemonade with uh some some McDonald's Sprite mixed in there. <laughs> nice. Ooh. All right. Oh yeah, I need I need to wake up. This is my coffee. Nice. <laughs> a lot of sugar. Nice. You and Eddie and Focio, no, no coffee. That's right. right. We bring our own energy, right? Yep, for sure. Coffee is a performance-enhancing drug. That's hard in Seattle. <laughs> it is for me, for sure. Same. <laughs> a DJ, how about you? You you go into laws and claws again? <laughs> nah, call me on a week weeknight, so just going uh, with a good old-fashioned water. Nice, nice. Yes, well... Um, uh, I was, uh, during our pre-show, uh, much like my personality, I was drinking a KB pink and bubbly. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Are we on the, are we on the bachelorette recall? Or like, recap? Dang. <laughs> are we recapping the bachelorette? We're on paradise now, you guys. Right? We're back. Is that what, is that the pod? <laughs> I forgot. Which one's the, the white lady? Is it Leah or Hooligan? <laughs> <laughs> both boomers, both boomers. So why choose? As as I've said before, in terms of on, on the pod, and when it comes to a, a, a tasty drink, I don't discriminate. Um, Fair all enough. right, let's just move right into our topics of the week. We have a number of questions that we'll get to later in the pod, but we'll talk briefly on the alliance between the Pac-12, the uh, gentlemen's agreement uh, on the alliance between the Pac-12, Big Ten, and the ACC. What's everybody think? I love it. I mean, you're basically, if you keep going down this path, you're going to force the SEC to only play themselves. Um, if you can get a non-conference game, one with 
the Big Ten and one with the ACC, and then your one non-conference, whoever the fuck you want it to be, um, or two, or or two. Yeah, like that's true. Yeah, if we're gonna go down to eight. Games. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think it's huge because that's been kind of the thing for a lot of the PAC schools that have been doing well and, and getting recognition for um, CFP uh, participation um, was the lack of a strong non-conference. And if we can play a strong non-conference schedule every year, um, then that's going to do nothing but benefit the pack and kind of force the SEC to stop playing so many cupcake teams and only play themselves. And if the ACC and the Big Ten and the Pac-12 are playing each other, that doesn't leave a lot of space for non-conference games for the SEC. So I'm, I'm all for it. Because, I mean, if the SEC wants to keep playing these games and, and take on Texas and Oklahoma, then this is the best thing that, that we can do um, to combat that and up the PAC's participation in the CFP. So um, I'm behind it for sure. Great, great hat, by the way, J-Cap and Thank Hulk you. Again. Hat Agreed. twins tonight. Yeah. Uh, I'll say something. So uh, I think it's a step in the right direction. For sure, uh, when they announced, well, kind of announced that there's going to be an announcement of it, I was hoping for a little bit more. Not going to lie. Yeah. Uh, you know, there little concerns like there's no actual contract, and then like days later, USC uh, schedules a game with LSU. Is that right? So I'm like, okay, are they really gonna? But that, but as is pointed out, like those those negotiations are are going on long, long. Yeah, that's true. True. An alliance that's agreement. True. And I also think yeah. it's huge that LSU is coming out west to play that game. That is true, yeah. And shouts to them because, I mean, they came out here in 09. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. And it damn near bit them in the ass. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but then team. LSU is the only team in the SEC that is even willing to play west of Texas. They got great colors, so that makes That's sense. That's right. <laughs> Elite. <laughs> yeah. They're not and, gold, but it's... Yeah, not gold. But, else, but also, though, I was also a little disappointed that they, I thought that they were going to, you know, it's all, not all about, but tr- trying to, part of it was keeping out the SEC with everything. And I thought they were going to stand packed with the four teams, but uh, 14 playoffs, but they did the opposite and basically said, I know the Pac-12 commissioners came out and said that he is for expanding the playoffs. And I, I wasn't, I was kind of indifferent, but then once Texas and Oklahoma went to the SEC, I was like, oh no, we got to stay at four. Like, That'll screw them over even more, I feel like. But yeah, yeah, I mean, like I said, it's a step in the right direction. I was I was hoping for a little bit more, but it's still better than not doing anything. And so uh, I'm happy about that. Yep. No, I agree. And, and I think it also like, I think it's going to be really good for football. And I think it's going to be also really good for some of the not like it. I, I think they specifically mentioned some of the, you know, uh, you know, I think both probably both basketballs, uh, you know, softball that'll be, you know, make it even easier to get quality opponents. Yeah, it's. A, I mean, I think I'm hoping like some work somewhere in the future. I mean, we've we're playing Big Ten teams for the next five plus years as it is. Um, hoping like we'll, we'll see like you know we'll play a top tier team from from one conference and the middle of the, the the conference from the other and switch it. It's a uh, issues. All right. Um, anybody else on the uh, I mean, you guys covered, you know, the majority of it. I would say just for me, I'm um, just excited to see kind of 
some some retro kind of matchups if slash win they happen. Um, you know, somebody was uh, I don't remember who it was, but they were asking like, what what are the coolest matchups that could happen within the alliance? And that's just something really cool in relation to projecting, you know, schedules and stuff like that's um, you know, a lot of blue bloods and a lot of like uh, prestigious teams and things like that. So, you know, outside of what you guys said, um, just like looking forward to those matchups. Um, did anybody hear the in, in relation to this kind of this kind of um, gentleman's agreement? Did anybody hear how Lake uh, uh, kind of took a shot at the SEC <laughs> and playing was in North? Shout out to yeah. Lars Hansen for catching that, and that was yeah. absolutely outstanding. Yeah, shout out Northwest great. Directional State. <laughs> uh, his point about like the the geographically. Um, like close teams um, that are FCS level was also a good one too. Like sometimes you can't schedule, you know, something with an ACC or Big Ten team. Um, it's sometimes got to be San Jose State. That makes more logistical sense, you know, for a Cal or, um, you know, like a Montana makes more logistical sense, you know, for a UW. So every now and then we'll still get our, our you know, our local kind of matchups. But yeah, other than that, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I do like. Oh, ahead, oh, sorry, I was going to say one more thing. I do like the hooligan. You mentioned it uh, briefly that they would probably go to eight teams in the conference. I mean, it's a, a love hate. It's the smart thing to do. Go to eight, eight teams in conference, eight games in conference. Sorry, yeah. Eight conference games, not teams. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so it's, it's going to suck. You know, some, you know, one less like good game that we'll have but i mean sec does it acc does it and it's it works for them phrasing what i what i say that was <laughs> phrasing did i miss something damn all right anyways we'll, we'll find it in the in the re-listen um all right let's move okay. on to, to, to real quick takeaways from uh, anybody watch any of the ucla hawaii matchup this past watched a bit of it but conference advice could i definitely I definitely did. Um, that's uh, that's the name of my game, man. I gotta I gotta see uh, if if what my eyes are true. And and I definitely um, went into the game thinking that UCLA's defense was going to be very fast and explosive. Um, just kind of disregarding size, um, but fast and explosive. They got a whole bunch of positionless players in the front seven, um, interchangeable pieces and parts. Like I projected Caleb Johnson to be a first team kind of edge player um, in the short sample. I think he had like five and a half sacks, but he ends up starting inside linebacker, you know, and, and the inside linebacker, Carl Jones was on the edge at like 215, you know, his weight. So I um, was really excited to see their defense. Um, it looks really, really explosive. I also had a uh, safety, Stephen Blaylock uh, predicted uh, number four, predicted first team as well um, in their secondary at safety so um thought their secondary played really well as well um considering hawaii is a team that likes to throw it around it seemed like their quarterback got a little settled in in the second half but switching to the offensive side of the ball it's kind of what everybody predicted um you know <laughs> ground and pound with your running backs i don't see too much too many explosive weapons on the outside um it just seems like it is what what i kind of thought um uh, ball control and explosive uh, turnover force in defense. Um, Charbonnet looked impressive. Probably could have ran it up a little bit, you know, a little bit more in the second half. But um, that running attack looked impressive. DTR looked <laughs> DTR looked meh. 
even though I think he's uh, I've been on record saying that he's the best uh, quarterback in the conference, but it didn't didn't look too well. Um, but yeah, so I think they they are who we thought we thought they were. Yeah, I I would also say just even at like, and I want UCLA to be solid. I want the conference to look pretty good. I mean, obviously, I don't want them to beat us, but. Um, when he tried the the hurdle, I was like, "Dude, what are you doing? Like that is a way to reckon me right there." Um, I'm glad he came out of that play okay for sure. All right, anybody else on anything, or we we'll, we can go ahead and start talking a little bit about Montana. Um, yeah. Um, <laughs> all right. Uh, yeah, so I'm uh, moving on to Montana and, and kind of before we dive in, um, we would be remiss. Um, we covered it for a lot of us, but we would be remiss if we didn't give Hood uh, his opportunity to, to talk about what, you know, his story as a Husky fan and his journey to, to where he is today, hanging out with us <laughs> on a regular basis and talking dogs. So Hood, take it away. Yeah, um, perfect timing to kind of choke on my lemonade, but <clears throat> yeah, um, was in a a time in my life and had a um, friend reach out to me and um, invited me to a whole bunch of Mariner games, um, uh, UW games, and uh, yeah, just kind of got me out of a was a light in a very dark time for me, and um, we ended up linking up on Twitter and communicating about going to the Auburn um, University of Washington game. And we had a blast and, um, you know, I got to really see what true fandom was like, kind of going to SEC country. And, um, you know, she kind of lit the fire and kind of told me, I know way too much about, you know, sports, Seattle Sports University of Washington and the intricacies of the program to not you know, get involved, um, specifically with fan engagement. You know, we, we were down there and we saw a bunch of Auburn fans in unison, um, you know, in, in their apparel and what they're wearing. They all had on uh, khaki pants or khaki shorts with uh, some variation of an Auburn polo. Um, it was kind of culty, to be honest. But, um, yeah, got to see firsthand what real fandom was like and then translating that back to her version of fandom um her advocacy for this the sonics um advocacy for an nhl team etc and just her passion um for seattle sports and seattle in general yeah and then um, um about three weeks after we got back from the um the Chick-fil-A kickoff, she passed away. And um, it was a huge blow to Seattle and the sports community. Even um, personalities like Kenny Main on ESPN reached out to her, her brother, et cetera. Um, people like Jamal Crawford, um, local people. Um, she meant a lot to a lot of people, not just myself. But um, I personally would not be here without her on my um, page, as you guys all know, I do the best I can to remain positive because this isn't uh, about me. It's not about my feelings. 
you know, about me being mad at someone or disagreeing with somebody somebody has to say. It's about kind of sharing her light and sharing her legacy and in the best way that I know how and in the way that she kind of said that I was um, pretty solid at, you know. So also want to touch and reach as many um, young adults as I can, you know, through this page and through this venture. Um, that's why you always see me reaching out to kids. So just an extension of her and her light. Um, always and forever, Raya Sanford. Shout out to the Sanford family as well. Um, very beautiful and um, very um, passionate family about Seattle sports. So. It's a really powerful story and, and you know, awesome. certainly. Of course, yeah. for the loss of your friend, but yeah. you do. You're you're a very very valuable <laughs> part of of our, our of our pod family and of, of the UW family as a whole. So, um, and thank you for sharing that. A ray of yeah, light thanks, and uh, a beacon for everyone on this app and anyone who listens. You're a star. We all love yep. you, yeah. and we yep. thank you to Raya for for helping you set down on that path. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, glad she made the impact on you well. and everyone else. Yeah, I won't claim to have known her in any capacity, but I interacted with her on Twitter a few times, and she was always super cool. So um, thank you for, for sharing that story for sure. Mm-hmm. She was definitely fiery. Oh, yeah. Yes, she was. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes, she was. But I loved her Seattle sports, especially some Mariners. Yep. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, and again, thanks. Thanks for sharing that. Uh, mm-hmm. Let's let's talk Montana. Um, I mean, I, I don't think we need to do a what? position by position <laughs> yeah. breakdown of what it's going to be. But if it's, it's not a blowout, we're all going to be worried for next week. True. If it's yeah. not over by middle of the second quarter, we're all going to be worried. If Dylan's playing in the second half, it was a failure. That's correct. That's what I'll say. That's correct. If we don't see I Sam Heward, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I, w- I wouldn't even be surprised. Uh, honestly, I wouldn't be shocked if we saw Camden Sermon um, or, or, or Patty O'Brien. Like, Is Patty healthy it... yet? I don't think so, but seeing Camden would be would be great. But, but wait, I, wait, I wait. Mean, Can DJ say Patty O'Brien? It's an Irish name. <laughs> I can <laughs> say Patty True. O'Brien. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just saying, like, you know, if, you know, if, if we're dominating, you know, why not give Camden a we series should. to get? Absolutely. I mean, like, if we're up fifty points, which we basically should be, you know, it'll be one of two times we're up fifty points. The second one is on November sixth. Hey, I uh, I listened to I believe it uh, so uh, uh, BG so Bob Gregory as well as Donovan's <clears throat> interviews, um, just kind of pregame about both of them uh, or about both sides of the ball. For Montana, offensively, I guess their quarterback is from Issaquah, like a redshirt senior. I guess he's from Issaquah. Um, and then um, they they also mentioned Bob Gregory mentioned that number eighteen out wide is like six four two ten or something from Texas. Uh, um, really, really big kid, redshirt senior as well. So looks like they're bringing a lot of experience. Um, Lake Lake mentioned that they're like a like ranked 11th on their level. And, uh, but he was like, you know, he felt like they're a top five team. They consistently compete on that level. So 
I think it will definitely be some, we'll see some Sam Heward and Camden Sermon time. Um, but yeah, I, I would say I, I, I am not excited about sleeping on any opponent this year. I really, really want to prove a point, not just for recruiting or anything like that, but I, I really want to, when I say I want to see us make teams quit, I, I want to I see us through a point. I don't care about the competition at all. Yep. yep. Yeah, I agree. My, my prediction, and, and here's my play on words, um, I think it's going to get Grizzly for the Grizzlies on Saturday. Oh. Hey. The man with the rhymes. Hey, one. <laughs> all all right. on Montlake. Yeah, all, yeah, all on Montlake. Um, do we want to go through conference games, or let's just keep it Husky focused and move on to? Uh, we can do questions, but I, I know we got a question that we previously haven't covered. But uh, um, and I apologize to, to which of our followers on Twitter submitted it. But what we, you know, thoughts on improving the game day experience at Husky Stadium, things that we could do differently and make things better. Where do we start? Other than wins, that because that's obvious, and Ooh. you know, not not losing games in the fourth quarter. Or well, out they of bounds. How they did make a, a start by having beer and wine sales. I was about to say that too. Mm-hmm. Yes. and then uh, not think, re-entering. Yeah, I think that a, a, right. a big part of it is I think butts and seats, people yeah. in the stadium making noise. If you make it possible for people to leave, well, why are they going to come back? So that's a great admission on the on UW's part to say, like, let's make alcohol. It's like no reentry. That's great. So um, that's great. Um, I have, you know, thoughts about, like, just making it less corporate in terms of when we have stoppage in play, not trying to make it like T-Mobile Park or CenturyLink. Hand the sound over to Brad McDavid and let him do his job because the the best, like the, the, what makes college football different than the pros, a big part of it is students and the band. Yep. And so let the band play. Like let the DJ operate when it's pregame and the, and the players want to listen to their tunes. Absolutely. But in those minutes that we don't have action, that we're in timeout or what have you, there's no reason to not have the band. Let him do his job. So. Yeah college football is not the nfl and you know take shots to espn for your continued meddling and trying to make the playoff for for your own interests and right. not the best interests of the sport what what's special about college football is what makes college football and what's unique about college football is what makes it great and what's special about the greatest setting is you know i a huge part of that is the husky marching band and i want to hear them i you know i want to hear them mm-hmm. on third like it's just like it it doesn't need to be prepackaged it doesn't need to be this mm-hmm. canned game you know game you know student competitions like those it's one thing to do that at basketball games but it doesn't it, yeah. it just it doesn't have the same place and it's like let the yeah I, I couldn't agree with what Leah said more let the band play lean into what we're good at lean into the tradition um, and I will say speaking to this and I, and shouts to Softy because he may have spoiled the surprise. Yeah. But speaking of traditions, I don't know if anyone else saw it, but I saw a helmet car on the field today. I saw too. Yeah, I saw that too. I don't think it's, it's the same helmet car, but Softie I saw Softy deleted that tweet so fast. So fast. <laughs> Sorry, Softy, it lives forever. Somebody from the but, AD reached out to him quick. Oh. That's because, you know, he didn't go to UW, he went to BCC. 
Yeah. <laughs> I believe somebody had a video about, uh, you know, Softy as our spokesperson and why that might be a little cringy. I wonder who did that. <laughs> I think I, I think I think Hooligan wrote it. If I'm not mistaken, he Hooligan wrote that did write the joke. That's true. I, wow, I'm just I the, I'm just the paid circus act. I, I, I'm, yeah. <laughs> Hooligan was the ghostwriter. Excuse me. Hooligan was the ghostwriter. Uh, so I, I have a couple things to say. I, I refuse uh, to so. confirm or deny these, these allegations. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, DJ. DJ. I did not know that you wrote those, for one. But uh, yeah, so a couple things. So I don't have like the exact plans of how they should do things because otherwise I would probably be working for them. But a couple things that I think they should focus on and Leah, along with what Leah said, and Leah kind of touched on one, uh, for one is getting a reason for, for fans to be there on time, because not going to lie, I'm one of them that's not always there on time. If it's like Oregon or something, I'm, I'm going to be there on time. But like, you know, for a normal Montana game, I might be at the tailgates till a couple minutes before, but not, not this Saturday. I want to make sure I'm there. But anyways, another thing is the students and when they got moved from the 50 yard line to the end zone, that had a big impact on not only the atmosphere, but their experience as well. And it's crucial to have them have a great experience at that age. Cause then uh, while they're at school, cause then that translate to them buying season tickets later. And they're like, Oh my, that was awesome. Like I'm going to, I'm a big fan now. And so they just continue to develop more and more of a fandom as years go on. And, yeah, just having the students have a great experience, like I said, not only makes the, the whole stadium and fan experience better, but uh, the future for Husky football as well. And so they also find have ways to, to do show that. Up. Yeah, well, they need to find ways to get them to show up, but I, I don't know yeah, like, exactly keep, why. At 100%, you couldn't see what I was doing. I was snapping. I had arms up in the air for Preach on DJ. That was great. Hollow year. I also think that, like, you know, to just build on that, like, we just got, again, like, we got to incentivize it. We got to like do something to keep those kids in the stadium because they're leaving at halftime. And it's like, it's just such a, I mean, I understand why, you know, as a business, they moved the kids to the end zone. Like they wanted to make yeah. more money and have people like who basically don't make noise, um, donate a whole bunch of money to sit on the 50 yard line. Boomers. has absolutely damaged the noise level that we can produce because the sound gets trapped on the overhang when you put the students at the 50. Um, so if you're not going to show up or if you're going to show up and do the golf clap, I don't know, maybe just stay home if you're going to do that. I don't know. Um, uh, I will say you can make a damn hell of a lot of noise with Timberland boots and the metal bleachers in the upper deck. A little bit of experience yeah. there. You wearing Timberland boots up there? Oh, all the time. Nice. <laughs> With like, like when it's when the wind's blowing in November, like as we talk about, like it's cold. I've got like usually like two or three pairs of socks, and if there's an empty bench in front of me, I'm stomping away on third down, yelling my head off. Hooligan brings another meaning to the the term curb stomp with the Timberland shoes. <laughs> you yeah, don't, don't... want to be a skull in the way of him. He's gonna crush it. <laughs> And the, the kids are leaving, uh, the students who say, you know, the kids, uh, they're leaving at halftime, middle of third quarter, on good games, some of them, too. I mean, not like Oregon or something like that, but like, it could be a game against K 
Cal or something or even Stanford, like they're still, some of them are still leaving early. I would just say like, I totally understand that the first two games that we have in home, at home are, are essentially kind of fluff games. And I totally appreciate the fact that we won't have a full house and we certainly won't have a whole lot of noise, particularly at kickoff. But I'm going to tell this to our, you know, our 87 listeners right now. I, I, I really do expect our stadium to be damn near capacity for kickoff at Cal. Please do yourself a favor, show up and be there on time. The kids deserve it. They need your loud voices. They need your support. If you're a Husky fan, get your butt to the stadium on time. Please. Amen. Yeah. We have two huge early season conference games like Cal and UCLA coming to Husky stadium. These are huge huge games we don't need to talk about cal because it's a pain point for all of us that you always lose to cal yeah yes that and you know we <laughs> lightning games and all of those things uh, no 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 we don't talk about that um anybody else on on improving fan experience like i, I think everybody's hit it on the head can uh, early. the the quarter start earlier so Students can get at games. I mean, not just for Husky football, but I mean, like that's late in the year. The end of September to start a school year. I'm with you. I think that it would particularly be great with an university with a with a decreasingly less in-state student yeah, population. Exactly. And maybe that's be- a that's an overarching thing that the university needs to look at and say, hey, maybe we should. And it is, you know, after all, in the state constitution that part of the the that the institutions of higher education in the state of Washington are to educate the citizens the citizenry of the state of Washington so maybe we need to change the admission policy and not chase quite so many out of state or out of state okay. dollars call me crazy um and i think i mean i was an in state kid yeah. um and i was the, you know there i was uh you know one of my first games that i attended as a student um I you know had some bad influences in my life and had a little too much tequila uh, before the start of the Michigan game. Um, and sounds like great necessarily. I, I made noise. <laughs> I don't remember making noise, but I made noise <laughs> during the first quarter. <laughs> yeah, I mean, my first game as a student was Miami. Like, I was hooked. Like, the, how, how, how you do you replace be? that? Like, how do you go to that game and not become an instant fan? And so, like. Yeah, I mean, the student uh, population has definitely changed since, uh, you know, we boomers were on campus. But um, we, the University of Washington, the state of Washington, needs to prioritize getting kids in state to come to UW. And that'll, be, that'll do wonders for how many kids come to the games. That is, because if you don't grow up here, it's like, well, shit, I don't care. It's not my team. Maybe I'm a fan of Duke because I'm not from here. So get kids from in state to come to UW. Sure. I've seen a yeah. lot of the things that we want kind of coming to, or a lot of people, a lot of people want coming to fruition a little bit recently, like with all the things we're kind of talking about. Yep. Beer, helmet, car, et cetera. Uh, even what uh, we're seeing the campaign for Arkansas and Montana about giving out the tickets or whatnot, like that, they're, they're serious about, uh, you know, fan engagement. So oh yeah i think they're i think they're definitely listening the jersey um thing as well so just kind of like creates some excitement yeah and 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 on top of what you said giving the free tickets out obviously they can't do that every year it's a different year but they should be doing that at least like a certain amount to like high schoolers or some younger students in the area to get them engaged early on like 
if, I'm sure not all of them is going to happen, but like, there's going to be a good percentage of them is going to go to a game. Like, oh, that was so awesome. I'm a Husky fan. I, I mean, I think like, I think the other thing too, band, DJ, I, you're right. And I think the band day is one, but I think also like, you know, I would say even if the kids don't go to UW, maybe they go to another school, but they're, but they're indoctrinated in the fandom and they're still going to go back and support UW, the athletic department, because they're fans. So even if like Leah doesn't go to UW, well, I might've gone to Western, but I'm still a dog. I'm still going to support UW forever. So because I was indoctrinated when I was eight. Mm -hmm. So get the kids to the game for a Montana, for an Arkansas state. And maybe the kid has so much fun that they're begging to go to Cal or Oregon. So it's, it's all about like starting indoctrination young because you're actually playing the long game to get a whole bunch more money later. Yeah. It's my parents are not UW alums, but they, we listened to, I, I talked about it in our first episode. I was listening to football games and going to, you know, games pretty regularly as a kid growing up. And they're basically when it, came time to make my decision. I applied to eight schools, got into seven of them, but when UW said yes, it was basically, it was a foregone conclusion. I'm like, I'm a dog. My parents made me apply for a backup school. I did not want to apply anywhere else. I applied to Western and I was like, there's no way in hell I'm going to go there. I I think we got to cover J-Cap's new beverage. Yes, please. Beverage. So City Brewing, ripe and juicy, double IPA. Uh, Silver City, it's so good. Crylia, yeah. How many? Crylia, what's the ABV? Cry. What's 8.6. The ABV? Yeah. Dump it out. Cry, cry J-Cap tomorrow at 7 a.m. I don't work tomorrow, so fuck it. <laughs> you don't work, yeah. See, come on. Let's what go. about, your, you don't have your kids? That's always work. I do, but it's the morning. FTK. They, they, it's whatever, <laughs> yeah. You sleep in, let your let let uh. No, they Mama they just cl- they climb all over me. It's all good. <laughs> yeah, I all mean, right. I think the other thing to you know the last point that I would make on improving game day fan experience, uh, honestly, listen to Husky Twitter. Like our ideas for the most part are good ones. Like I, I know I think it got mentioned in our pre-show that that Justin Glenn interacted with about bringing the, the buses pre-game through E1. You know the. The I think it was, was it Coker's epic sailgating idea for a big game, bringing the team to the stadium on a boat. Oh, that's more of a crazy. That's more of a that needs to happen idea, for sure. But that is good. Crazy. I mean, but branding and just like yeah, no one else can do this shit. Yeah, they got to do that. That would be like so. Again, good. when we're critical of things, we we're critical because we care and we want the best. Not for us as a fan base, although, yeah, that helps too. But, like, we should have it all. It's the University of Washington, damn it. Um, all right, let's get into uh, let's get into the, the questions that, that folks wrote in. Um, and we got one from Dognosticator about how everyone, how did everybody on the podcast meet? Um, and I Twitter.com. <laughs> Al's group chat. <laughs> Al's group Shout chat. out to Mr. Al. Yeah. I'm personal friends with Ryan Schell. That's how I know. Oh gosh! Oh, <laughs> Go fuck yourself, <laughs> Ryan Schell. No, and, uh, we'll have to answer uh, that it's, question it's when Twitter, we all like, meet in, uh, in in person. We'll have to re-answer that question. Let's go. Yeah. Well, yeah. I've met. I mean, I can start. 
Yeah, go ahead. I, I met everyone except for Hooligan on this pod, and I've known like Hooligan and I. You've known we've known each other for like four or five years, just via Twitter talking about women's basketball. And that's why I was originally on here was just to be the women's basketball expert. Mostly, I just come on for snark. But yeah, everyone else I just met via the pod. <laughs> Super happy to know everyone. But yeah, Hooligan is the I met OG. Hooligan so. In real life. Yep. Yeah, I met. I've met. Hood and Hood and Tugs at the spring game. I've put in a brief <laughs> appearance before. Tugs, Tugs we miss you. Tugs, we miss. Confuse you. me if I'm wrong. Confuse <laughs> me if I'm wrong. Legendary line. I have since met Jay Cap in person, dropping off a shirt that I won Let's from go. Tugs Wear Purple. Uh, oh, damn, and, I'm the only uh, one. I, I play golf with Squints. This past yeah, weekend. DJ, you are the only one. <laughs> well, I live down yeah. south a little bit, so oh, that that's true. Doesn't help. I've that's never true. met hooligan. I've never met anyone in person. Wow, okay. I've only met hooligan. Me and DJ talked and, about wait, it. We, it's like I totally yeah, saw, up. totally saw Hood at the spring game, and I wasn't sure if it was him, so I didn't say anything. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm 100 percent now. Well, the funny thing was that, to you like, more. depending on when it was, Tugs yeah. was definitely there. Joe was Tugs there. was there too. And Squints I was there. Was there. I, I, I tried to meet up with Squints, there, so. but timing didn't work out. Squints was like ten rows behind me. I didn't know that until yeah. later. Yeah, I didn't see Squints' message saying to meet up until after I had left. Yeah, same. And hey, Squints and Dog put... Dognosticator, love his account. I love the, yeah. the countdown same. he did. Same. So shout he, out to him. He's He's a, an OG. I have actually known him for 20 years. He, he and I tailgate what? together and sit next to each other at football games. So what? Hey, Let's go. Did not know this. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. So the long story short is it's the small world of Husky Twitter. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Not so small That's world of Husky Twitter. So That's true. It's getting, it's getting larger, man. It it's is. getting larger. Yeah. Hooligan got me like thirty followers in a couple of days. Same. I, I got a shout out. I will say I got a I got a shout out. Big game boomer for I, I have yeah. been recognized as the best husky follower on Twitter twice, and that one the second time he did it, I picked up like hundred and fifty followers in the day, which was damn crazy. A lot of big game boomer stuff is 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 whack, but that one and he's trolling. Out. He probably trolling naming tro- me the best yeah, husky follow, but yeah. I'll take it. I like his enthusiasm though, and his. He's very passionate, so I yep. like. I mean, he's wrong a lot, but he plays the passionate. game the way the game needs to be played. You know yeah, what I mean? true. Like he went true. to hundred. Like he started his account four or five months after I did. You know, and he's a followers. You know, so he's playing the yep. game the way it needs to be mm-hmm. played. A bunch of all content. right. Anyway, uh, all right. Now I think we can move on to the next question uh, from Ansel Eaton. Uh, why doesn't UW follow back? <laughs> Okay. I'm so I'm so excited for this answer. <laughs> well, first of all, let me just say <clears throat> I have many leather-bound books, and my apartment smells of rich mahogany. <laughs> I'm very big and important. No, um, I actually did it. I just actually looked at my my Twitter folks that I'm following, and I um, I noticed that. I don't even follow everyone on this pod, so. <laughs> I just looked at that too, and you don't follow me. Damn. I don't follow TJ. I don't follow um, Roman, who is not 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 an insider, by the way. Yeah. Um, and I don't follow Squints. So I mean, like, I got mad love for Ansel Eaton. I've had many <laughs> chats with him off, you know, on DM and everything, and he and I are cool. Probably follow him eventually, but 
Yeah, I'm sorry. I, I mean, when the time's right, to be any more when the time slander. is right, and when you say something that really makes me fall off my chair laughing, then you'll get the follow. That's all I'm I have all. to say. It's got to be a joke. It's got to be a oh, joke right. or something, something non-derivative. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I think we talked. We talked a lot about. Uh, <laughs> we talked a lot about about game day traditions. Anybody have like uh, we we got an. Uh, uh, a question from JMKC or AKA King Chinook about recaps and rankings of the game day traditions. Anybody have any particular favorites? I think this could be an entire pod in itself if we oh, wanted to do yeah. this in depth. But um, Quick, um... I mean, I, I will say one of my favorites from from my days as a student, and, I, and I'm not even sure if they're doing it anymore, but it was when the band would go out in and start at the dorms, go out through the Greek system. They still do that. For an hour. Yeah. They still do that on Friday nights. Um, doing Afrikaner at 47th and yeah. and on Greek Row and I, what I've our twirlers would light the batons on fire and then you know play down. What I've heard from band and band alum is that they don't advertise it because it's not a technically sanctioned event by the band. It's just a tradition and yep. shall we say a lot of the members of HMB are not sober, and so they don't. It's not a sanctioned event, and so like they yep. don't they don't talk about it because it's like they do it mostly for the Greek system and they end at Red Square, but they do it at the Greek system. But I love that tradition. It's one of my favorites. So so again, you're right on. And I wasn't even a Greek, so. I was, sort of. <laughs> <laughs> I don't yeah, know if I would consider it a tradition, but I'd say um, uh, every kickoff, because first of all, it means we scored, but then uh, the the chant at every kickoff with the, yeah, the dub. Yeah, I love it. I'd say like I like the fact that we do um, the Husky spell out for the first touchdown and I'd say yeah. building on that we should do that song after every touchdown fan involvement spelling it out that'd be great but yep. that's one that I, that I like that I liked when as a student and I like that we're still doing it I think we could build on that so yep. I, I want the opposing fans to be so into that like we get annoyed of like the USC fight song all the time so that's mm-hmm. a great idea I like that yep. But our band can, can easily and quickly establish that they know a second song and a third and a fourth. Unlike well, they, USC's. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, it's the only song that we play even more than once. Usually the whole game is bow. And that's usually like two or three times. We don't just play tribute to Troy on repeat. Like you're in, a, Although, in an insane, insane asylum trying to get someone to stick forks in their eyes. So I, I, I will say I do love Trojan Slowdown. I do, too. I do, too. One of my favorite ones. What is, Can't forget what is that? sounding the siren. It's, it starts with it's tribute when, to Troy, and then it ends with. Bow it gets slows down, uh-huh. and then it ends with bow little. So we can't forget DJ sounding the siren, confused. obviously. Oh yeah, well, of course. Sound the, oh. Shout out to Homefield Apparel. For I'm the, so mad my shirt's not here yet. Oh, uh, I'm gonna uh, go get oh, it. That's cool. Go get it. Yeah, it's shout nice. out to Homefield Apparel for going through our archives, yeah. and certainly for, for for us on this podcast, we appreciate. They, they definitely the, listen to. The I don't podcast. think you were even aware. Brian of Boucher you... definitely listens to the pod. Hi, Brian. It's <laughs> Um I like their troll of the SEC and saying at Washington it just means more. That was <laughs> mm-hmm. fucking fire. Mm-hmm. Delicious. We're on know. third place at like third place to two SEC schools for Big New Saturday with yep. like double the student enrollment. Regional brand, baby. Yeah. Uh, I will say, you know, unlike that certain school that that claims that they're an SEC school in the West, 
or an SEC team in the West, we actually have an SEC passionate fan level, passionate fan base at the University of Washington. They they were crying about not having cool throwback gear, but to have cool throwback gear, you got to have history and tradition worth throwing it back to. So, yeah, fuck you, Oregon. Fuck Oregon. <laughs> I thought I thought football. Wait a minute. Wait just a minute. I thought football started in 1994 and paused between 16 and 17. That's what I thought. <laughs> yeah, a little hiatus there, but yeah. I'm just I'm so confused. That's what I've heard it's, too. It's, it's all like it, it, it's it's you know two decades matter, but a, a century doesn't. <laughs> um, yeah, I, 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 those are all definitely. I mean, I think tailgating. I haven't done that yet. I want to. Uh, Me um, too. E one. We need to make Just friends with someone with a yacht pod. We need to do that. Get yeah. on that. Uh, I got the lashes. <laughs> what is on your head? It's a pillow. Oh. <laughs> it was like, I didn't realize Riverside had, had, had fun camera filters. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if that was like a shadow or, or what. Staring <laughs> at me? Yeah. I was, earlier, I was like... <laughs> Um, all right, let, we can, I think, move on to the next question. Uh, which Husky is going to surprise? This is from FQ Washington, and it's uh, my short answer is listen to the last episode. <laughs> we're really going to go through this again? No, right. we're not. Listen to the so, last pod. <laughs> listen to the last pod. You'll get your answer there. Um, we got uh, a couple of questions from, from Phil McCurry, Dr. Phil, PDX. Thoughts on the throwback unis? Love. Or the throwback unis? Love it. Fire. Level. Listen. Uh-oh. Oh, the no. helmet. Here, cut him off. The helmet Mute. is fire. Mute. Mute. The shoulder stripes are fire. Mute. But the rest of the uniform is kind of just a uniform. <laughs> but to but, be fair, I mean, the the 91 unis were pretty simple. So, I mean, it's a throwback to that. Awesome. So, I mean, it's but cool. That's, that's all I, the I think it's missing some boa feathers. Wings or or you know diamonds to no. play. Could we could we make them? Could we make special poly jerseys to to pander? Oh to my gosh. <laughs> Yeah, I I, I, like I, I will say. I didn't really. Uh, I wasn't initially a fan of you know the the helmet logo, uh, but at the end of the day, like it, they did something, you know, uh, and and it it means that a lot of people were heard. And that just means that also they're probably probably going to do something in the future. I don't know yep. if I'm correct in this, but I, I thought they said that there were going to be like two plus other alternates. There might be. So yeah, yeah. There, so, there's rumors of a second. I mean, and I uh, I wouldn't mind if we do a blackout to bring to to bring those last years back. Um, I will say, yeah, I liked them. I like the panting dog. I like having the panting dog as a helmet as an alternate. Um, I will say, and I will never stop saying, bring back our W. Um, Facts, man. But um, the W needs to dominate the helmet, and right now the gold dominates the W on the helmet. That's my own. Mm -hmm. uh, that's you know, and, and I know I share that opinion with some <laughs> with some folks. It's it's our brand, and we should lean into it. Um, I do like that it looks like the gold is darker in the helmet and the pants, and we need to go back to that darker gold, the darker purple. Which again, Adidas did a great job in. Uh, moving us back to when when our current standard set came out uh, and moving away from the neon grape um, <laughs> that, that's been Nike's special. Neon team. grape. 
That is quite a descriptor. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, that's level. That's that was what I, <laughs> or it's you know, uh, neon grape Kool Aid, or <laughs> it's just this. Th this color doesn't occur in nature. <laughs> they neither did eighty percent of Oregon's. So. Well, true. Eighty percent. Ninety-five. Yeah, yeah. I like They had another uh, percent. It looks like they have <laughs> colorway um, in their in their tweet. Not just the all black uh, with the purple as a secondary color, and then the all white with the purple as a secondary color. They've got like an all, I think it was like all gold with purple as a secondary color, which I like a lot. Mm -hmm. uh, and if those go for sale, I'm definitely copping those. Those are the cleats yeah. you said? Yeah, I, I, uh, I they were, that. they were, yeah, they were different as well. Uh, so they typically have like all white, I believe, with purple as a secondary color so on the three stripes and i think on the bottom and then they have oh, all nice. black ones that uh would either have i think white three stripes or purple three stripes now they introduced uh i don't know if the primary color is gold or purple because it's almost like a half and half kind of thing but yeah mm -hmm. they're purple and gold shoes you know so cool. yeah right. yeah okay those, yeah. yeah those are nice see yeah i i like the uniforms jake has a hater uh and That's his middle on them. yeah i'm not hating <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah, and I'm I'm glad they're doing something. Oatmeal, Jcap. <laughs> hey, uniforms are better than oatmeal. Facts. That's that's for okay, sure. Captain Kale. Okay, Captain. Oh yeah. <laughs> I won't yeah, even so back I, down from that. Facts. Like, some some of you guys probably didn't like my tweet that I had the other day. I don't know if you guys saw that. Which one? <laughs> Which one? Uh, no, the, the one I was like. Because me personally, because some of you are like my brothers. My brothers like critique every little part of every single uniform. Whenever Huskies come out with something or Seahawks, whatever, always critiquing that. And me, I'm like, okay, as long as they look good, I'm fine with that. And then just win. That's pretty much what my tweet was. And so like, I think they look good. And I don't get too particular about over the details, over the shade of uh, neon purple or whatever you called it. Neon grape. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Neon grape, yeah. <laughs> I'm a boomer, like it, I, I, and that's what matters, you know. Yeah, yeah. Fuck it. Put the look weasel good, in the helmet. Good. Just kidding. Don't kill me. Look good, feel good, you know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. As long as long as you like it. Delete your account, J Cat. They're gonna wear okay. a whole bunch of arms anyway. Mm -hmm. He's gonna be reborn as Captain Kale. All right. Second part of the question: recruiting, uh, or, or no? The second part of Phil's question was the in inside linebacker depth. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's a concern. Get well soon, Danny. It depends Hammer. on health. Yeah, Danny but, Hammer. But I think so. it sounds like he's going to be back sooner rather than later. Mm -hmm. um, I think we've heard, re uh, and Hood, I'll, I'll clear them because you're the most in the know, but I think we've heard really good things about Carson. Um, mm -hmm. I don't think it's, I mean, could it? Could the depth be better? Yes. Is it a five alarm fire? No. I would say look at uh, people are worried about attrition, things like that. Um, you've got Eddie and Jackson who have been full-time starters for at minimum two and a half years now. If anybody went to any of those practices, you would see those two are the most in-shape people on this team. Uh, <laughs> so I, I highly doubt that uh, you know th those two take care of their bodies really well. I don't think we will have to worry about those two going down. Um so uh, while I do think there could be more, you know, depth at the position, uh, I, and I would say top-end depth at the position, 
um, I just doubt, I really, really doubt we're going to need to to really worry about not having Eddie or Jackson on the field. So, Yeah, short of something crazy happening, which, you know, injuries happen in football, but. Yeah, and, uh, and then, so if, with Danny Hammer back, then we still have uh, Tafisi, right? And then we got Bruner. Mm-hmm. Is that it? So we got three behind the two starters. Zoe, I don't yeah. know. I can't remember how much longer Zoe has with He's the out. injury. He's probably out for the year. I mean, for I think not, not everybody. Not everybody's ETF, man. Like, yeah, yeah, that's true. So I mean, yeah, it's as long as Hammer's back, which it sounds like he will be. And then uh, remind me, don't we have a, a walk on that has some scholarship oh, offers? True Fowler. Yeah, True Fowler. Yeah, had offers from UCLA and Utah. Like Utah, that's, that's right. Yeah. yeah. You know, so we it's Ben Hines, Ben Hines. Uh, no, I wouldn't count him, but I mean, it's something, I guess. But so we have a little bit of depth, but yeah, we can't we can't have a lot of injuries at this position. But I mean, hey, I just hope Sermon comes on like he was in the spring. That'd be huge. I had a, got him. Uh, I, I uh, is there any way that uh. I can ask a question that was posed yeah. to me as well. Um, sure. I personally don't have the answer. Um, I don't know if you guys have heard anything, but uh, my brother was asking um, if we've heard anything about NIL um, or about the, I mean, obviously we hired the, um, Jamal Walton, I believe is, his name is, uh, to kind of specifically oversee that. And uh, some potential deals. Now, I do see. I do. I did also see that uh, George K. officially launched that little Pac-12 um, kind of mm-hmm. entity that's going to support the, the student athletes. But is there any rumblings, or have you guys heard of anything that we're doing on the NIL side? Of, especially after seeing people like Quinn Ewers, Quinn Ewers getting a 1.4 for three years, you know, a deal as a as a 17 year old, 18 year old. So. Yeah, has anybody heard any rumblings or anything that we're doing, or is it just what I'm seeing? Like we're focusing on the field to get us paid for. No, yeah, I don't I anything. I'm, I'm, I'll be willing to give a player, a recruit, a hundred bucks to come on the Sound the Siren podcast uh, <laughs> if they want to do that. But no, I haven't I think really we heard probably anything. Would qualify as boosters, but I mean. From what I'm uh, hearing about Oregon, debatable. that's not really a stopping point. So, yeah, Ohio State too. I'm pretty sure they're actually using some of those deals to to court kids, even though that's not what you're oh. supposed to be doing. It just is what 100%. it is. I just don't know if if uh, I think we can kind of tell you Dub is really going to be on that straight and narrow for the most part, um, and at least having guys on the back end that can clean things up, whatever the case may be. But I just wanted to hear if you guys heard any rumblings at all. I, I personally haven't. And I don't know if it's a bad thing or a good thing. I just decided that. Yeah, I mean, I, I, yeah, I haven't heard anything. I, I think so much as I think it's still yet to be determined about how all of this will shake out. And I, I don't think the schools that have established themselves as powers and that aren't that are willing to, you know, McDonald's bag folks. I, I don't think that that they're going to stop doing things to stay, you know, one step or three steps ahead of everybody. So it's a matter of adjusting. And 90% of schools mm-hmm. also aren't doing that stuff either. So 
they're, they're behind, yeah. not behind, but they're not doing all this stuff either. So. Yep. Yeah, it's definitely uh, going to be a lot harder for kids at UW to get these kind of deals, and then some of these other schools that were like Ohio State, some of the SEC schools. There's going to be businesses just coming out of the woodworks to give these kids deals to help them want to play for the school. But yeah, just because of the, uh, you know, I don't know, like the type of people that live in the area, not as much care about sports as some of those other locations. So uh, I, yeah, I hope, I hope we hear something soon now. Yeah. I think it remains to be seen. And, and then I, the, the final part of his questions were uh, recruiting is winning a cure all, or is there something else going on? Um, that's a yes, and I and I'd say that's an emphatic yes, all caps. I think that plays into a part of the question I just asked. Uh, what did Lake say? Uh, he was like, uh, nobody's going to want to sign these kids to in these NIL deals if we're not winning or if they're not performing on the field. So, I personally do think that winning is a cure-all for um, what certain fans may feel like are pain points, but I don't see or feel any panic from the the staff. So I feel like they're comfortable. You know, while fans may be like, oh, we're not ranked here in the recruiting rankings and we're not. Um, I've heard the last, what, two, three interviews now, uh, Lake speaking towards the numbers issue and kind of being like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know who's staying. I don't know who's going. I don't know. Who's... But then we also see how aggressive him and the staff's approaching 23. Yep. So we know that the, the you know, um, the engine's there. We know the want to's there, the desire's there, the will's there. But I just think 22 it was just a, a tough year for a lot of head coaches, not just Jimmy Lake. You know, so yeah, I, I think the circumstances in the, it's not necessarily you know an excuse, but it's first time head coach in a COVID year where we got four games to not necessarily really be able to demonstrate the full breadth of what a Jimmy Lake Washington football team is going to look like. Plus, you have severe impact to the evaluation cycle and a staff that's more conservative and is not going to just toss offers out like they're candy. Um, and they're, and is much more reticent at, you know, and hood, you've talked about this at length. They're much more reticent to try and run kids out of the program. And with the NCA not knowing, or not until recently deciding like how we were all going to, how the, every program was going to get back to 85. And we've also seen that we're much more aggressive in the portal than like transfers didn't used to happen at Washington at all. And I think we all like Jalen. I think we all like Giles. I think we all like Jeremiah. I think mm -hmm. like bookie. This staff, yeah. Bookie. Like I, I was blanking there and I'm <laughs> embarrassed by that, but it's late. Um, all right. Uh, next. Hold on one, one second. If we want to talk about what Hood said, about how the staff is being aggressive and approaching 23. Today was September 1st and the junior day when all these kids could get officially reached out to and recruited by these staffs. And we saw how much hometown love was going on uh, on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, I saw stuff from all the hometown kids, Josiah Wagner, Caleb Presley, Landon Hatchett, um, Jaden Wayne, Jaden Lamar, um, so yeah, it's, it's very, very clear how aggressive the staff is being with 23 and I'm definitely on board for it. Um, so yeah, I think that they've made an emphasis on recruiting in state in 23 
and with how much talent is in 23 in the state of Washington, um, I think it's a really good sign. Um, so, yeah, just wanted to make we didn't let that go by. Uh, yep. Apologies, man. I, I, I'm sorry. I, I definitely want to also point to something that I, I kind of didn't think about till uh, today really is everybody wants to talk about 21 being a fail, but I counted about seven players from that class, um, whether true freshmen or transfers, who are recruited as well, who are going to be either starters or who are in our two deeps. That is also right. recruiting. Those are new people, newcomers to our program. That's also recruiting. So when people t- evaluate the 21 class, evaluate it correctly. 22 seems like it's the only class that, you know, we had some setbacks, um, in my personal opinion. Agree. Yep. Yep, yep. Okay, uh, next question uh, from Joel Dombrow. What do you think are the biggest weaknesses of the Pac-12 contending teams, UW, University of Oregon, SC, Utah, and UCLA being the, the five? Um. I th- Each other. <laughs> That's a good answer. Um, yeah, it's it's certainly the parody. I, I think from from UW from a UW standpoint, it's um, it's a question of potential to me. We have so we have talent in every room on the on the team. Do but to this point, the receivers have not proven to be Pac-12 contributors at a high level. I mean, Bynum has. But, you know, McMillan and Odunze have a ton of talent and got offers from everywhere. But have they showed it as 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 Huskies yet? No. Could they? Should they? Will they? I think so. But they haven't done it yet. So there, there's questions, of, questions on potential, um, I think, is UW's weakness. Um, Oregon's weakness, I, I think, is, I mean... Coaching? Quarterback? quarterback I, I mean like we, we we've seen doc twitter do a, a an amazing pivot <laughs> in the space of two weeks from yeah. that's a travel we're unstoppable pivot. we're unstoppable no one <laughs> that's like, a travel we've got five so, like and two uh, you know we're gonna be nine and three and to the for the most part their staff has not proven the, their staff has proven that they can recruit i will not say otherwise that staff can recruit can they, the question is, can they develop? And I don't care if it was a COVID year or not. A team as talented as the Ducks are should not lose to Cal, should not lose to Oregon State, and shouldn't be lucky to escape UCLA with a backup quarterback. With a and playing Stanford with a backup quarterback. And playing, yeah, like... like they got so lucky. And they, they have and, concerns in their D-line depth, too. Like, they have... They have several they have concerns. concerns in several areas. No, they have talent, but it's, yeah, they have talent. Yeah, they have talent, but it's very young talent. Yeah, and like and we have more experience in key spots than they do. And if that if that experience is healthy, D line being a notable place, I think that's a significant advantage we're going to have in the head to head matchup. That's also that's also just like UW and Oregon as well. Uh, I. I uh, the, the Pac-12 as a collective, I don't know if there's a singular quarterback or wide receiver corps uh, that can dominate a CFP game, that can go out there and win Absolutely. a CFP game. I don't I don't see that. I don't care if it's Keaton Slovis or Jaden McDan- no. uh, Daniels. I don't see anybody that just goes out there and dominates, uh, wins a game, 
the, the Pac-12 schools seem like they um, are still in a, we, we saw UCLA. I feel I still feel like they're in this ball control, elite defense kind of mentality. Um, you know, I don't know how much so that's going to work on that level when it's like mm-hmm. air it out, air it out, air it out. Now, I, I do think UW is the most fit for that because of the way that we um, uh, play defense on the back end. Like, I'm yep. confident in our uh, DBs going against any uh, wide receiver core in the country. I can't say that about any other uh, team in the conference, but is that going to win you the game? I, I don't I don't know so much. So, Still yeah, got to put points on the board. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I don't see any dominant enough, or, or not even dominant, but, like, because you have Arizona State who can put up 70 points. So they Consistent have an explosive offense. Exactly. Versus a uh, a Bama defense. Yeah. Versus yeah. like the yeah. the receivers that for Oregon, sure they're five stars, but 170 pounds, 160. Yeah, they're pounds. all small yeah. except for one. Uh, 180 pounds. Get off the line of scrimmage. You got DBs bigger than that. You know, for these these elite mm-hmm. contending teams. So yeah, I, I don't I don't know if the Pac-12 That's... has the uh, the offense yet. 22 would be a little bit more explosive, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, for USC, other than oh. or sorry, go ahead, DJ. So the the one thing for UW, the I don't know if I call it a weakness, but more so an unknown uh, that we haven't touched on is the head coaching. Just because Jamie Lake's so brand new, uh, you know, he had four games last year, and you know the last two were kind of underwhelming, especially how he came out to start the game for the first half, both both those two games. So. Yeah, uh, again, I wouldn't know. I don't know if I call it a weakness, but more so of an unknown of how he can get his team ready and prepared for the whole season. Not everybody was available, too. Uh, a whole bunch yeah. of yep. variables played into that. I, I, yeah, definitely. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. We don't know. We don't know if, yeah. like, how how it will be, how it get the team hyped up and ready to go for each, each and every week. So, we'll see. I'm, I'm hopeful, but... Still I see, uh, I see his see attitude exactly. Uh, I will say I see his attitude resonating among uh, throughout the whole athletic department in relation to football, though. So that's what I do see: the excitement, things like that, the want to, the desire. So that's where I, I'm a I'm a huge fan of Lake Man. I think he's going to be, be just fine. I don't know if that's a it's, yeah. It doesn't have to necessarily be a weakness. It's just a it's a a question mark of it's it's an in, un, undetermined okay. it's to be determined like that's why I, I think it's so ridiculous that our friends to the south are oh that jimmy lake is mark helfrick you know is our helfrick and it's like he's coached four games like he won yeah, three like, of them. it's it's their wet dream that he's mark helfrick but no Wish pause that's thinking on their part well, what do you guys think? Of, you mentioned UW and and Oregon. What do you guys think of like teams like we haven't seen them yet? What do you think about teams like Arizona State, uh, UCLA, Utah? I think Utah is is poised. Utah is a is a permanent year. sleeper. Like they always manage to to sneak up on us. I mean, they're mm-hmm. they're low yeah, key they get... good. They always are. They're well coached. They're usually big, physical, obviously good at defense. Um, if they get but if. If they get top and they've got Britton which... Covey coming back for a 14th year, so yeah. If they okay. get top top quartile of the conference quarterback play from Charlie Brewer, Utah <laughs> is going to be 
very mm-hmm. dangerous. Yes, yes. They can run the ball. They play defense. They have a good offensive line play. They're almost like they, do they are almost do they play never Oregon? bad on special teams. I Oregon believe. has to go to Utah. Yeah, they go to Utah. That might a be big, the only time I root for Utah. A yeah. big piece for uh, for Colorado just got uh, his waiver approved as well, and Mustafa, Mustafa Johnson. Johnson. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know about y'all, but we we really forget that that team went four and one last year. You know, and went actually went Which to the team? bowl game in uh, Colorado. Oh yeah, they, you know what I mean. Is that so, Carl, uh, Carl Durrell? Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. And and they got there by trench play, you know, defense and then having a tough, gritty quarterback who's who's not there now, um, but starting at Oregon State. Starting at Oregon State, potentially, yeah. So we'll see They're how Colorado game. comes into it. No a matter who is playing Man. them, they're in a trap game. Mm-hmm. Yep. I was going back and so forth. You on better be ready at altitude for some physical football because they are coming to play. Yep. Oregon State. <laughs> That I mean, I know target. that it was our first game. It was there. Yeah, exactly. It was our second. It was our first game. It was their second. But they they showed me something that game, especially obviously you know, beating Oregon, even though it was at Reeser. Um, you know, Oregon State is they are capable of Agreed. making some noise. So they're gonna they're gonna um, they're gonna beat some teams that they shouldn't right. for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I think yeah. I mean, we we talked about Oregon. Uh, I think you know SC's biggest weakness is is it uh, <laughs> arrogance, uh, <laughs> coaching, great uh, family football, air raid, the air raid, air raid, terrible. Um, Have any of their players played in big games like outside of the conference championship and losing it? You know no, I mean? like, not yeah. I like, don't know if they got that big game, those big game cojones. Yeah, they've got the best. I, I mean, I, I would say they've got the hands down best single wide receiver in the conference. Yes, absolutely. But other than that, and they've got some, they've got some good pieces. Mm-hmm. But could Keaton Slovis be a top end of the conference quarterback? Yes. Could he be a disappointment? Also, yes. It's. It's a big question there. Um, Utah, again, quarterback play. If their quarterback play is good, Utah is mm-hmm. going to be very, very dangerous. They're going to run the ball. They're going to do the things that Utah does. But it, it takes great quarterback play for them to really take the next step. Um, and then UCLA. Whose season do you think of the, of the maybe, maybe I guess every team, whose season do you think most hinges on quarterback play of all the teams? Ooh. Good question. Utah, and I'd say UCLA. UCLA. And us. And us, maybe? Man, I don't know. I'm confident. That's not a slight on Demo. (laughs) I'm very, very confident in Demo. Yeah, me too. But. I think we got five running backs that could win win games. You know what I mean? Okay. He could could hike it and hand it off all game and at least be in the game. I don't know if Utah or UCLA UCLA, Utah. Yeah, I definitely I agree with you on UCLA because if DTR is on, UCLA is going to get very, very dangerous very, very fast. Mm-hmm. If he is 10 for 20 for 132 and misses a, <laughs> what should be a pretty easy throw in the end zone. Versus Hawaii. Of Mont-Lake. 
versus Hawaii. Preview what? Montlake. Yeah, and, and that's against Hawaii. Let alone a you know elite. Defense. Yeah, they're hyped, but SC or LSU has a ton of talent in the defensive. Oh my, they're the fifth goodness, most talented. They're the fifth like, most talented team honest, in the country. We're we are all in terms of total team weekend, composite. Because how great would that be? For an SEC come to Pac-12 territory and for UCLA to put on. So everyone's a Bruin this Saturday. Everyone is a Bruin. I think, I think their recipe, the way they built beat Hawaii, is exactly how they're going to approach LSU. I don't, know, I, I don't know about you guys, but I've not heard anything about LSU's defense uh, from their spring or from their fall camp. Um, being they were... I was listening to the 12 pack podcast. Their beta rank was like second against the run in the country last mm-hmm. year. So they can, they can stop the run. Okay. The question is in the back end. Granted, they were without uh, Stingley last year. He opted out. So it's a, but they didn't defend the pass particularly well. So it's, it's a question mark. And if their talent plays, it's it, again, like we were talking about with our receivers, it's if LSU's talent in the back end plays to their potential, they could be a great unit. But that that's has to happen be, first. That's going to be a physical ass game. That for the first half is going to be. And uh, my prediction was UCLA goes up early, um, you know, maybe even is up by multiple possessions at halftime, and then LSU comes back with experience and physicality and wins that game. Yeah, the second part of his question was which team has the greatest weak or the greater weakness. Um, I might say Oregon, and it's also just their hubris. <laughs> yeah. What man. is hubris? Do they know? It's, it's mansplaining. Wait, no, no, they don't have. They it's mansplaining. Yeah, can you please man? <laughs> so dead. Let me let, let me tell you. Let me violent. tell you what that means. You chose violence today, sir. Appropriate. <laughs> 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 oh god. <laughs> All right, uh, Joel had a third question. Past 50 years, has there been any team that lost three of their final four, uh, most in upset losses that had as much hype as the Ducks do? <laughs> and I'd, I'd say probably because it's what the Ducks do every year. It's They're, they're the offseason natty champions every year. But no. Without fail. No one else gets that except for Oregon in the Pac-12. Amazing. It genuinely makes, it genuinely Oregon makes only. zero sense. Like oh, was that a pun? Zero? zero? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> like USC got USC like had a better season and only lost in their conference matchup. And, and if USC that, had had fourteen days rest against Oregon, I don't think they would have lost that game. You know, it, it, it's it makes no sense. Hard sounds, to say. But, Hard to say, but um, they would have won. I agree. Arizona State's also a little hype. You know, they haven't proven anything. That's off of the strength of Herm and, you know, having a good quarterback. So. They've but proven no, they can, not, they can you know. COVID cheat. Come on. Yeah. Give them credit. Well, it's, it's, it's Arizona State. Are they any disease possible that they get? <laughs> hey. <laughs> we'll All right. Who had DJ makes an STD joke? Who had that, who had that on the board? Bingo card. <laughs> I'm starting to get that's usually that, uh... that might be me, but <laughs> um, it was upper right. It was far upper right. No one thought but... it was gonna. I don't know if Oregon right. makes it through. Uh, makes it through September or October. You know what I mean? Uh, let alone November sixth. 
So Mm-mm. Fresno's going to be tough. So we're going to oh see a goodness. lot of that. Uh, we're going to see. We're all bulldogs this weekend. Jake Hayner. I mean, we, we all kind of are because Jake Hayner and Ty Jones are bulldogs. So we all the dogs are kind of bulldogs too. We're we're all dogs and we're all. Ruins. I just I got more respect for Hayner. Even if they don't pull Same. the upset. I just want the, I just want Fresno State to put a scare into Oregon. Agreed. Me too. Me too. Hey, what time is that game? The meltdown is going. Yeah, what time to is that game? That's a good question. I think it's right before our game. Like we could watch it like at, up until at the tailgate. The stadium, I think. Yes. Yeah. yeah. A one, so maybe one o'clock start. I'm gonna look. I think so. I don't know that. Let me. I well, we're still talking. I'll Here. look. I actually have the Pac-12 schedule oh. up, so where uh, I I did. Please lose. Uh, I, I mean, that'd be beautiful. <laughs> that would be. Oh, oh well. Um. That 11, is... 11 a.m., damn. 11 a.m.? Yeah. Fuck, I got to get to the tailgate early then so I can watch. Or you can watch it, or watch the first half at home, drive over there and watch the fourth quarter from tailgate. Well, it doesn't help when I live in Tumwater and, and got to <laughs> drive 45 minutes to get to Lightly Grail. Another this is what, this is what happens there. when you live three hours away. Yeah. All right, two final <laughs> questions. Um from JM from our friend King Chinook, JMKC. Uh, why doesn't the success of UW developing NFL players translates to better translate to better recruiting results? That could be a hold whole on, pod. Hold on, before before yeah. we answer that, shout out to JMKC. Yep. The Pie God. The Pie God. God. Love this man. <laughs> when you catch up my, and you listen to the podcast, you will appreciate the shout out. Shame. I did not get a pie while I was in Boston, but I did have cannolis, so that's the same. For him. Pie God. JMK. Pie God. See. Um, that, that could be a whole pod, to be honest. Seriously, that's yeah. True. It, it probably has been, and we've t- probably touched on it three different and, times. In short, it doesn't make sense. Like, it, it should translate. And, and honestly, we didn't start marketing that until recently. Recently. So and again, that's I think a, that's, part of the that's a shortcoming of the AD. To we need to be more comfortable agreed. talking about not only our academic clout, which we're very comfortable talking about. We need to be very comfortable talking about who we put in the league, who's still on roster, who's starting, and comparatively, who doesn't have the numbers in the Pac-12. Mm-hmm. We need to be very comfortable talking about that all the time. Also, I, I mean, people got to count. Does Oregon get to count four four CFL players. players like Nick Pickett? <laughs> hey, <laughs> meanie. Who <laughs> invited you? We also well, technically he a, invited uh, us. So. <laughs> he came after the he came after Husky Twitter, so we're gonna fire back. We also have a, a DB room full of four-star players that are getting the majority of the playing time. So if we're going to be honest about it, True. we do have a loaded defensive backfield. Uh, both yep. are high four-stars that are starters now. The yeah. Camp Fab's a four-star. Uh, Dom's a high three-star. I mean, so... Julius more and more, star. we're seeing a I lot of kids... A yeah. yeah, we're seeing a lot of kids talk about in their interviews and in, on the recruiting sites about their path to early playing time. And mm-hmm. that's just not doable here so i'm not Kyler's surprised like that we're losing out on a lot of these guys yeah exactly kyler's quite a few years in and he's he's making his his name um so i'm honestly not surprised that we're missing on some of these guys but at the same time um we preach development a lot so a lot of these guys that are coming in as as mid to low three stars that are getting in developed into nfl caliber guys are going to keep some of these other 
high profile recruits from wanting to play here because they don't have a path to early playing time. And sometimes that's, that's the, the double-edged sword that is development. Mm -hmm. You're not going to have those guys. Exactly. Shout out to Mish Powell and Kaysen Kinchin and Mekki Pei. These guys that are getting developed at such a high level that uh, you're almost putting yourself out for these top tier down top tier talents at DB, um, which can be a blessing and a curse. So, I mean, honestly, I trust the staff to, to coach and develop, uh, at defensive back. So if we're going to miss on some of these guys, I'm not super upset about it. Obviously I'd like to recruit well. Um, Mm -hmm. but as hood likes to talk about all the time, it's, it's about fit and it doesn't matter what stars they, they are on the, 24 sevens or the rivals or the ESPNs. It's, it's what kind of stars Will Harris and Jimmy Lake and Terrence Brown and Colin Lockett think they are. So wait, I mean, wait, wait. does, I'm, does I'm ESPN acknowledge that high school football was played West of the Mississippi? Hey, they gave, they gave Denzel Boston four stars. So I don't, oh, well, ESPN's cool with me yeah. for now. Yeah. I mean, you guys are all right though. Uh, with like why we're not, getting like some of the DB recruits because of playing time. But I think how Trent McDuffie got inserted in the starting lineup when he was a freshman, they'll, the best players are going to play, yep. uh, especially at that position, DB. And so like if, if, if a five-star comes in, he's better than probably not McDuffie, but maybe Kyler Gordon, I think they would play him, start if not start him. And, but they don't, they don't understand that. They don't, they don't see that path. And so. The timing was yeah. right on that too. Like Kyler was also what a red shirt freshman. Or something like that, and Trent was a true freshman. So the timing on that was right too. It wasn't like yeah. somebody was going to unseat Keith Taylor, you know. Right. What I mean? So yeah, and, didn't. and they didn't. It didn't matter how good or bad whatever he played. But two things you said, uh, Jcap, about like I think high profile and bench don't really mix, especially when you're from you know you were the best player on your Texas school, the best player on your Florida school, the best player on your New Jersey, New York, wherever you're from. That's not, you're not going to want to come here in, in a foreign place and want to sit on the bench, especially if you're high profile. You know, we're not Ohio State where Julian Fleming is like, okay, I'm chilling. But Marvin Harrison Jr. is like, okay, I'll, I'll wait. You know what I mean? Well, we just well, don't. Particularly in an era of, of NIL where they can get paid to sit on the bench. It, because, exactly. You know, so. Um, all right. Last question, and it, and it, and it touches on a. Uh, what we talked about before, uh, it, it, kind of the, the pipe dream uh, of occurrences this hey, weekend, and it comes from Dave. It's not a pipe dream. That's real. Okay, it's a doogish dream. Fair enough. Maybe. Uh, where does the, the Jake Hayner statue go uh, if he beats Oregon this weekend? And, and my, oh my quick goodness. response is it's going to be on a, the 50. In my front yard. <laughs> my yeah. I was going to say that to you. Oh, my no, house. no, no. No, He's that could be. That could be KB's new uh, new yard decoration instead of the skeleton. <laughs> Put a Jake Hayner statue. Yep. Shout out to KB. I, pro- I, I propose the a formal apology from the University of Washington. That'd be great. Not the University of Washington. From Husky Twitter, will apologize to him profusely if he does beat Oregon, and that should be enough. And gassing him up. <clears throat> exactly. All year. Talk about a wonderful story, and I and I think just an embodiment of like how college football is going. You know what I mean? Montana even has a bunch of like Pac-12 bounce backs, and they're going to play very well versus other schools. But 
that's that's really really cool. You know, you got Ty Jones, who probably was a wide receiver one in the Pac-12 at certain schools, and Jake Hanner, who's a QB one in the fact at certain Pac-12 schools. So I think that's super cool. Still don't get the Ty Jones transfer. He don't get it either. <laughs> that's why, like I said, I have more respect for Hayner because that that made more sense. But oh, teach yeah. their own. All right. Anything else we should talk about, or can we just uh, call it a wrap? Go dogs! Everybody enjoy the game on Saturday, and we'll be back mm. next week with Montana with Montana recap and Michigan and preview. Michigan preview. Oh Jesus! Ooh, yeah, Coker, Coker was just tweeting that uh, the forecast for Ann Arbor it shows up for September 11th on the Apple uh, weather app now, so it's getting close. Close oh, I, I thought you were going to give us like uh, the the weather you. forecast for that day. No. <laughs> well, he, and he yeah. tweeted it. Let me find it. Where's Where's Coker at? Ass kicking weather. That's what it's drinking Pepsi. <laughs> drinking Pepsi. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's let's root see. For Fresno State. Seventy-seven and, and clear skies Ooh, in Ann Arbor. Great. My bros wearing and, all '90s gear too, so we about to be, let's go. Beeves still get a win against I expect dubs up. Yes, Beeves get a win against the Big Ten. That's that's true. Ooh, come on, oh. yeah. and shouts. Keep an eye on Arizona and BYU. Please, fuck go BYU. Cat. Fuck BYU forever. Go. Jed, Jed Fish is that guy. I'm pretty sure they're that team is prepared right now. Yep. Don Brown at BC. It, it seems like they got some momentum. So. Uh, also, fuck, I will fuck you, Dewey Tweets. IPA. Fuck you, yeah. I will drink an IPA on the pod if BYU goes over the Pac-12. I will drink an Fuck IPA. you, Dewey Tweets, but also fuck BYU more, so. I'll shotgun, I'll shotgun an IPA if Fresno State beats Oregon. I'll eat an oatmeal cookie we'll if Fresno State beats that. Oregon. <laughs> I will eat milk with cereal. If <laughs> eat milk with cereal. <laughs> all and right. Let's also not forget our our, our, our siblings to, to the east in the dumpster line. Yeah, the dumpster fireball against point... Utah State. Because Utah State is a garbage heap right now. Favorite. Okay. Because wow. Utah State's been a good team before. That shocked me. Yeah, but then Gary true. Anderson happened again. <laughs> also oh, true. Oh, yeah. Does Cal play anybody? What? Who Cal plays Cal Nevada. Play? Cal, They're Cal playing could be Nevada. Nevada. Oh, damn. But we'll see. But welcome back to football, everybody. We'll see you yeah. guys next Go. week. We'll have maybe some, uh, some surprise bonus content Go for dogs. you before game. Dubs up. Game. Go dogs. Beat the Grizz.